live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. tune name that tune i was gonna say in less than three beats but since you played almost the entire tune obviously if you're an alum of the university of richmond or a richmond spider fan you know that tune that's how we should have opened the john hart segment rather than close the john hart segment which we just did and hopefully you caught that conversation in the four o'clock hour we actually went three segments and could have gone another three segments i love when he comes in and we are able to talk college athletics and yes spider athletics first and foremost and most prominently but i really do hope that even if you're not a spider fan that you still got something out of that conversation because so much of what we talk about impacts all of college athletics not just Richmond and not just the Atlantic 10 and not just the CAA but really all of college athletics and I think we can gain a lot out of that by what John says even if he obviously uses Richmond as his base I do think a lot of what we talk about you know kind of holds water for your school and your school and your school um, you know in the landscape of the NCAA so hopefully you caught that conversation If you didn't, we'll have it up on our website at ESPNRichmond.com in our audio vault, and you can take a listen back to that. And John said on his way out the door, hey, I'll get back in here a little bit more often. Uh, We've kind of been sporadic with his appearances, and we like to do them relatively regularly. And again, we could have gone probably another two or three segments to talk, you know, specifically spider sports, but also more of what's going on in college athletics, which we did have a pretty deep dive in on that last conversation. So appreciate him being there for that. And again, I mentioned this briefly, but I mentioned it importantly, and you're starting to hear the promos already a month or so out from the first game, six weeks out from the first game. You'll, again, hear all of Spider football, men's basketball, right here on 1061 ESPN, home and away, live, all the games online, and regular terrestrial radio on 1061 ESPN. We've recently signed a new three-year deal with ESPN Richmond, and as I said, it was kind of hard for me to explain because obviously uh, we've sold ownership a couple of times, we've changed dial position a couple of times, but the common thread of this group following each other from literally 20 years ago until now is the same. And that's pretty good. Um, A lot of colleges aren't even doing radio anymore, which I shake my head at because I think there's tremendous value in doing that, no matter what Charles Barkley says, by the way. Remember that from earlier this year? Remember that, AJ, when Charles Barkley said, I think the stupidest thing is sports on radio. I would never listen to a sporting event on radio. That's why we don't listen to him. I listen to him. I, I think too. he's a good guy. I like Charles Barkley, actually. I, I don't agree with him all the time, but I think he would respect me for that. If I said, hey, Charles, that's a stupid opinion you've got on not listening to sports on the radio, I think he'd respect that, and we would have a lively conversation, and we'd like each other at the end of the day. I think we, yeah, he's, he's a likable guy, I think. 
Yeah, I do too. And I like his opinions. I like that he's opinionated, and I think for the most part they're well thought out. I don't think he just says something in order to get ratings or move the needle or get outrage from his co-host or whoever's on a set with him. I think it's what he believes, and he says it. And that one I don't agree with, That it, when he said that a few months ago. Stupid. I would never listen to a sporting event on the radio. Well, a lot of you do, and we know that, and we know the importance of that. So, yes, Spiders are back. Uh, football begins on September 2nd at home against Morgan State from Robin Stadium. That's a 6 o'clock game. We're always a half hour early with our pregame coverage. we got all of that coming back for you again this year and then right into right into basketball as well but yeah certainly could have kept him even longer to talk more about that um, hopefully he alleviated some of my fears because I had mentioned to, to all of you um, Friday and then again a little bit yesterday but mostly Friday when I was in on one of those educational meetings at Richmond and like I said not giving away all the X's and O's and details but I came out of it a little bit fearful that schools were going to be outpriced in the new model of to use John Hart's word holistic student-athlete coverage and where the pendulum has swung and that some universities and some conferences maybe wouldn't be able to participate the way they're used to and things will change. And we've said that all along, that the Power Five could break off and be their own division. And you never see or hear from them again if you were in one of the other divisions and you would play for your own championships. And I just hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I know we do it in football to some degree with FCS and FBS, but at least there's still some crossover there, and I hope that continues. I hope there's still the FBS, FCS, you know, let's make some money for the FCS school kind of matchups, the occasional upset, all of that. And certainly on the basketball front, hope that continues. I I never want to see a divide come there because I do think – that's part of the beauty of college basketball is big boy versus little boy, and the little guy can win um, from time to time. Uh, so we we didn't even get into a whole lot more than that with, with John today, if you missed it. But take a listen to it. I think it'll be worth your time if you're any kind of college sports fan, particularly a Spider fan. I get that. But you could also be just a generic college fan, and I think you'll, you'll get something out of that. I did not get into um, – you know, the whole should NCAA tournament expand. I believe he's in favor of it. I don't want to put words in John's mouth. Um, and, and next time he's here, I'll, I'll have that towards the top of the list. The whole conversation about should it go to 90 teams as the NCAA now, you know, makes a bolder, kind of bigger statement, which is 25% of the membership playing a sponsored sport should have the opportunity to compete for a postseason championship. So that's why the 90 number comes up for men's basketball because there are 353 teams I think playing division one men's basketball at the moment and if you take 25 percent of that I think it comes to 90 and that's kind of where they come up with on that so I didn't get a chance to do that or the women's front that we talked about yesterday where the NCAA is now going to sponsor what we've kind of known as the postseason NIT for the women it apparently not apparently it was an independently operated tournament to those of us casually watching it, it just felt like the men's NIT on the women's side. We didn't we didn't know any different. I don't think we did. It had more teams in it. But other than that, we didn't know the difference. So now the NCA is actually taking it over, sponsoring it, paying for it, paying for travel, paying for all of that, bracketing it, and we'll do 32 teams. So now the men's and the women's tournaments both have the same number of teams, 68 on the men's side, 32 on the women's side, so uh, on the uh, NIT side, 
and there'll be 100 teams in postseason tournaments sponsored by the NCAA for both the men and the women. I actually think that is a good thing. Even if the women's NIT is now reduced in number, I do think that's a good thing. Uh, It kind of standardizes it for both men and women, um, and it will give us legitimate champions at both the NCAA level and the NIT level. I think the women are calling it something a little different because there's already something called a WNIT. I can't imagine how that survives moving forward, but I think it's the WBIT. I think it's Women's Basketball Invitation Tournament that is their um, you know, equivalent to the NIT on the men's side. All right, so there you go. That kind of gets us started in the 5 o'clock hour, talking some college athletics. Um, SEC continuing with its media days uh, this week. I think Georgia and Alabama, as you might expect, kind of dominated the conversation. Uh, Where will they head with new quarterbacks at both those schools? What are the chances Georgia's going to win again? And we'll have a three-peat. What can Alabama do um, to to you know, make that not happen. Uh, so those media days continue for the SEC, and the ACC is next week, and Matt Joseph will be down there for ACC media days for us in Charlotte, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So while I'm thinking about it, before we get to the break here, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, Matt's going to take all three hours that we have for local programming in the afternoon, uh, border to border from 3 to 4 in the sports huddle from 4 until 6, and be live and taped interviews from down there in Charlotte. And then Thursday, we'll still be out of Colonial Downs. I will. And Matt will finish up his coverage um, from Charlotte. So the ACC expanding to three days for its media days for ACC football. Both Virginia and Virginia Tech are scheduled to go um, on Wednesday, on the middle day there. So he'll have plenty from down there in Charlotte. The CAA has stuck with its uh, virtual model for media days, and that's on the 25th. So we'll have some sound from that, as we like to say in the biz for you, obviously from Richmond and from William & Mary and Hampton, of course, uh, another state school in the CAA as well, and the CAA expanding this year to 15 teams um, with the the two additions. So we've got plenty to talk about on that front as well, and those preseason practices will begin in just a few weeks when we get right to the beginning of August. So I'm actually excited for that. I'll I'll mention one more thing while we're on the spider front, and then we'll get off of the spider front, even though we are the home of the spiders. And I did mention this very briefly with John um, on the football side. So on the radio, been, been having conversations on Fridays with the spider men's basketball transfers. We've had two. We got one more to do. We'll try and do that this Friday. If it doesn't work on the schedule, we'll get it in the following Friday. But we got those in. On the football front, there are six uh, Richmond transfers coming in. And for the past several years, we've been doing what we call a transfer tracker. And we've been sitting down with each of them video and doing, you know, the five-minute kind of welcome to the Spiders. Fans get an opportunity to figure out who they are posted them on our website at richmondspiders.com, social media, all of that. So we're doing it again with a little bit of a twist, and I'm going to do a little bit of promotion for us right here. Uh, Many of you probably saw our women's basketball program amongst the transfers that they signed. Anna Camden was one of them who came from Penn State as a grad transfer. She is also very much involved in the social media world. It has really worked out well for her from an NIL standpoint. She literally has hundreds of thousands of TikTok followers and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, has really made a a public 
social media name for herself, and she came to Richmond to play her senior or graduate year of college basketball. Unfortunately, in the twists and turns of college athletics, first day of summer practice, she tore her ACL, and she is actually out for the season and doesn't know if she could take a medical red shirt and come back for a sixth year next year but she has so much else going who knows if she really will do that or not she's got to get through a successful surgery first and foremost but my point here is not only is she a member of the women's basketball team but she's now a member of the spider tv team and she has done um the six interviews with the football transfers and they were terrific. I happened to be out there to be able to kind of be a part of it and kind of watch. And uh, they were outstanding. You will really, enjoy, especially if you're a Spider fan, Spider football fan, uh, but just the way that they were done, a little bit different than the conventional sit-down interview. I don't want to give, you know, all. I don't want to put the cat totally out of the bag here, but keep your eye on RichmondSpiders.com and Spider social media. Those will be posted here in the next couple of weeks. You can get to know not only Anna, but the six Richmond football transfers. All right, enough of that. Enough of the Spiders for today. We have plenty of that coming up here as we get into the fall season. Here's what we're getting into in the next 45 minutes on the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. Check them out online, jamesriverair.com. AP football reporter Rob Motti will join us at 5.30. In case you haven't been listening, there's been a decent amount going on in the NFL world of late, particularly this whole running back controversy, and we'll get into that with Rob and their value and how much they're worth and what are they going to do to get what they're worth and Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard and, and all those running backs who are now up in arms over the way the NFL is treating them financially and with their contracts. So we'll talk about that and plenty of other issues. What he's thinking about the commanders, the sale about to go through. Um, Can Sam Howell be the guy in Washington? Will it be Jacoby Brissett, which is who my man AJ thinks still thinks it's going to be, right? Training camp starting next week. I was going to say, I was going to chime in on yesterday's mashup Monday saying uh, that receiver is going to kill it with the big arm of Jacoby Brissett. Terry McLaurin? Who, yep. is, who is a great receiver, no doubt about that. But, you, yeah, he's going to he, catch a lot of touchdown passes from arm. Jacoby Brissett. Yep. No shade on – I don't even remember his name, to be honest. Sam Howe. Yeah, no shade on Sam. I feel bad. I hope he doesn't hear this. I don't think so. I think you're okay there. I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, anyway, so Rob Motti, AP uh, football writer and reporter will and podcast guy. And speaking of that, and we will promote his podcast. I have no problem doing that. His AP Pro Football podcast, his most recent guest – was this guy named Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, I think has a chance to make it in the NFL. I really do. Yeah? Did yeah. You, did you see, uh, for all those people that... Go ahead, go ahead. For all those people that get on the uh, the old TikTok or whatever, there's a video going around that uh, Patrick Mahomes' throwing style was was coined off of Uncle Rico. From huh? Uncle Rico from... I'm, I'm drawing a blank of that movie. You, gotta you got me on that one. Google, Google Uncle Rico... Pat Mahomes, you're gonna you're gonna have fun. Wow, I will tell you from Matt and my conversation yesterday, I did I did last night watch the third episode of the Netflix series Quarterback, and I must have been distracted the night before because I I kind of threw some shade at it. I didn't think it was I haven't watched it. all that great. I mean, I think it's good. Plenty of behind the scene 
all access. But like I said yesterday, we get a lot of that now. And I wasn't sure it totally lived up to it. But I think I was less distracted last night, more focused on it. It was pretty good. So I will continue to watch it. It was more on Cousins, on Kirk Cousins last night and a lot of you know the pain inflicted upon him as an NFL as an NFL quarterback and there was some with Mahomes and some with Marcus Mariota um, so it was a little it was a little better it's worth watching so I'm three episodes in I don't know that I can watch more than one a night like I couldn't binge watch it I don't I don't yeah I, they're about an hour long I when you said what you said yesterday I felt that like I'm over there there's some really good ones and then the rest are just kind of eh. Can I ask you a question since you're a cinematic – is that the right word? Well, guy? I don't know how cinematic I am because Robert had to text me the name of the movie, which is Napoleon Dynamite. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Go. All right, yeah. so good. Well, I'm but, glad, glad he's listening. But anyway. give it to me. Um, I felt last night because they were making a point about the pain and hits that the quarterbacks um, take that they were enhancing the sound and speeding up the video. 100 percent 100 so nfl films is infamous uh i forget that dude's name he's a legend steve sable yep. was the longtime yep. producer executive producer of nfl films yep. yeah so one of the editing techniques that i had learned in my first year of film school came from that and uh punching up the hits and all that other stuff for not all the time but just sometimes when you get a really good hit but the sound was bad or whatever yeah you punch it up they did it back then so i can only assume they're doing it now i'm not saying they weren't legit hits i'm sure they were and kirk cousins whines a lot when he gets hit you know and and goes to the sign line moaning and groaning and i don't blame him i mean they were they were tumultuous hits but i just felt like you know where the mics accentuated when we heard the shoulder pads popping and did they kind of speed it up as the defensive lineman was coming in on the quarterback? You're spot on. I've seen it firsthand. Huh. Don't watch a movie with me. I'll ruin it. But uh, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. And are you asking me what I think about the players getting hit? Are you, are you, are you want my take? Yeah. There's no defense in the league. That's what. <laughs> there is no hit sounds. They're not, they're not allowed to get hit. Well, so, but apparently they do, according to this documentary, because, you know, it was rocking. But I think I'm right. Yeah, you think I'm right on that, I, don't you? I actually yeah. am impressed you called it, because I'm 100% guarantee it. Definitely I, noticed it last night, because that was the theme of the third episode, was pain to the quarterback. I'm so, going to watch it, and I'll, yeah. Yeah, let I'll me know. Like, Just watch yeah. episode three if you want. It's all about the hits, and all, and yeah, go all ahead. All of them having that in this Do you think it's age. legit to do that? Are you okay with it? Like... It, I, there's be, no defense. No, no, beyond goal. that. What do you mean there's no defense? Oh, do you think, do, I'm sorry. Do you think it's okay to enhance? I think everybody does, man. Right. I think, like, they, right. so in NBA arenas, the acoustics yeah. to get the squeak, like, you always tweak. I tweak things right now with you. Okay. <laughs> you mute me, is what it, you do. It I, I got to mute myself because here we go again. Bob's rambling on and we're getting behind, and AJ will save the day as he juggles things around. All right, uh, Rob Motti coming up in only about 10 minutes now, and we'll talk some football with him. My whole point of the whole thing was his most recent uh, podcast less than a week ago is with Patrick Mahomes, the uh, two-time NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl uh, champion, all, all of that. So it'll be cool to listen to that. We'll ask him about his conversation with uh, the magician, as is the title of that episode of the AP Pro Football Podcast. All right, 804-327-0888 if you'd like to interact with the program. Back after a timeout, 1061 ESPN. 
August is just around the corner. And around these parts, that means we're getting close to spider football. Catch every game during the 2023 season here on your exclusive home for the Richmond Spiders. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Comunicaciones FC. Coming to Richmond. <laughs> you did not just misdial 1061 ESPN and go to the Spanish speaking station there. You're still on 1061 ESPN. The Kickers have an international friendly tonight at City Stadium against, I'm just going to say, the Guatemalan Giants. That works too. You're going to say what? Comunicaciones FC. Well, you you have the accent and all of that in there. That's really good. It, actually, I would pronounce it wrong if I didn't do that. Yeah, I'm no, that was you. that was neat. I like that. Uh, gates open at six tonight, so right after we get off the air, and it's a seven thirty match. First uh, international friendly at City Stadium since twenty eighteen, and this is a great team, right? Thirty one time national champions. Yeah, and friendlies are huge. It's different styles, different matchups. It it really is. Uh, Interesting to always see with friendlies how one's going to play the other. Yeah, uh, it'll be neat, and we can get a full report on tomorrow's show. So that's that's in action tonight here in town. Uh, while we're staying local, and you know we love to be local, uh, Flying Squirrels already played today. They won 17-8. to I think they like these midweek day games here. Um, 17-8 to over the Akron. Do you have any idea what Akron's nickname is, AJ? You'll love this one. The Guatemalan Giants. I don't know. <laughs> they are the Akron Rubber Ducks. The Rubber Ducks. I, I kind of like that one, actually. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> you know there was that hotel chain. I don't think they do it anymore. And I actually know which hotel chain it is, but I, I won't even mention it. That when you walked into your room, they had one of those little yellow rubber ducks on the tub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a huge, because they do the duck race every year. I love yellow ducks for some yeah. weird reason because of that. Yeah, I do I do too. And they do the duck race here on the James, which I think is really cool. But uh, the reason I know that is that the hotel chain is the one that we used when my son was playing travel baseball. So we stayed in it like every weekend. We were like collecting these yellow It sounds ducks. familiar, but I can't remember I, where. I don't, I guess I can, what there is to make if I say it on the air or not that we care. I don't, it's comfort, comfort in, comfort in and sweets. Um, was the one that did that. I liked it, which means I should take a commercial, but not for them necessarily, since I just did it for them. They didn't even pay for it, and I did it anyway. It was a yeah, fine. Money it was a fine establishment wherever wherever we went. Uh, anyway, so the kickers home tonight on that international friendly at seven thirty. Gates at City Stadium open at six o'clock. Flying Squirrels win today by a score of seventeen to eight over the Akron. Rubber Ducks. Uh, break time. Rob Motti, AP football reporter, will join us. We'll get a little NFL preview from Rob coming up next on the Sports Huddle. This weekend on ESPN Radio, it's interleague action at Fenway Park in Boston. Justin Turner and the Red Sox welcome Pete Alonso in the New York Mets. Coverage begins Saturday at 3.30 Eastern and Sunday at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Well, the Braves are actually in bounce-back mode tonight, which doesn't happen very often. They actually lost a series, stopped the presses to the White Sox, so they'll look to bounce back tonight. They're at home against the Diamondbacks, uh, which is a really good series, actually. 7:20 game time, 7:05 airtime here on 106.1. 
ESPN. All right, let's get into some football talk. Training camps are on the cusp of beginning, and there's a lot to talk about out there. And a guy who joins us relatively regularly, and we're glad he finds time for us during the football season and leading into the football season, is Rob Motti. He is AP's uh, lead NFL reporter, lead NFL writer, host of a couple of really good podcasts, Faith on the Field, the AP Pro Football Podcast. You can hear them online. You can hear them on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you hear Rob Motti with us on the Sports Huddle. Hello, Rob. How's your summer been? Uh, it's been hot here in Florida, but uh, it's it's going to continue to be hot down here. But NFL, it never stops, man. man. It's, it's getting uh, uh, closer and closer. Camps are getting underway. So the grind begins. The grind is, is going to be long and, and, and strong. So I really want to be journalistically sound, Rob, and begin with the lead story. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, the running back controversy. All of that. But I'm not going to, and here's why. Because on my drive into the uh, studio today, I listened to your most recent podcast, the one that you had with Patrick Mahomes, uh, which was riveting and outstanding. And obviously, as you uh, discussed with him on the podcast, the face of the NFL now, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Without giving it away, because I want our audience to go listen to it, obviously. But what was your biggest takeaway from that conversation you had with Mahomes? As you said, on the on the on the cusp of another season beginning for him and an opportunity for him to defend a Super Bowl title. You know, Bob, what I thought was really interesting is, and I knew he had a strong relationship with Andy Reid, and um, from from what I saw that came out because I posted different clips, and then you see which clips like really go viral, right? What, what's everybody talking about? And it was the one about his relationship with Andy and how he kind of said, hey, if I went somewhere else, I I may have have been in a system with a coach who wouldn't let me play the way I play the game. And and we we know Patrick goes about it in his freelancing, freewheeling kind of uh, um, football style. He's dynamic. He's throwing balls left-handed. He's flipping them over his head, behind his back, whatever he's doing. And he's just kind of fit in perfectly with Andy. And they got such a, a great relationship. I knew Andy from his time in Philadelphia uh, and how he kind of, he's, he's been able to develop quarterbacks. He was never able to win the big one in Philly, came close. You know that story all too well. And he goes to Kansas City, makes the decision to get Patrick Mahomes, and it's been a marriage made in, in heaven. It's been perfect for the two of them. But, you know, that sticks out to me. The whole face of the NFL thing, with, with, you know, Tom Brady now officially retired. And, you know, Patrick's been kind of inching towards that. We knew he's going to assume that mantle sooner or later. And now Tom's gone. Patrick takes over. And it, it, it's kind of one where I don't think it's too big for him. He, he's not going to – the burden's not going to be too much on Patrick. He's already – up to every challenge out there. He's won two Super Bowls in his first, what is it, five or six seasons as a starter. And, and I, I think there's there's no telling how many more, if he can stay healthy, that he can win with Andy Reid together there in Kansas City. They, they've got a an offense that's perfectly fit for his style of play. They've got Travis Kelsey, who's one of the greatest tight ends, if not the best to ever play the game. And what's remarkable is last season they – they trade Tyreek Hill, and, and it's okay. He, they find a way to make it work. They get things done. They don't need a, a big-time running back, and 
that can go towards the conversation with Saquon Barkley and everybody else. Like, look at the Chiefs. They win a Super Bowl with a seventh-round pick, Isaiah Pacheco, as their starting running back. Mm-hmm. A few years back, they win a Super Bowl with their leading rusher is an undrafted free agent in Damian Williams. So uh, all of these kind of fit together. But pa- Patrick, to me, is clearly, and to everybody else, he's the face of the NFL, and he's a superstar talent who is just continuing to get better. He, he's on the rise still, I think. Well, that will lead us in eventually to a conversation on Barkley and the running back situation right now off of what you were just talking about. But before I get there, let me localize this a little bit. So your conversation evolved uh, from Andy Reid to the departure of Eric Bieniemy. Now, obviously, we cover the Washington Commanders extensively here in Richmond. Um, Patrick's thoughts on Bieniemy and his opportunity for success in Washington, Rob? Yeah, Patrick has long been an advocate for Eric Bieniemy getting a, a head coaching opportunity. He's spoken uh, in support of EB for s- several years, and in all of those opportunities, Bieniemy had to interview. Uh, Patrick loves the the relationship they had, the voice that he had in in that offense, and and I know that Eric Bieniemy wasn't calling the plays. It's Andy Reid's offense and it's Andy Reid's system in KC. But offensive coordinator's got a ton of responsibilities. He, he's the guy on the sideline in the, in the QB's ear. And, and he's, his leadership ability, I, I think, um, the, the way that he can relate to the guys and, and kind of, you know, you, you, have, you have the coach who's got to be the coach for offense, defense, and everybody else. Then you got the, the, the offensive coordinator who Mahomes and everyone else on that, they're spending most of their time with during the week. And uh, he, he's just a, a guy that every, not just Patrick, but any, whether I talk to Travis Kelsey, I've, I've had Trey Smith on the show, one of the offensive linemen, uh, other guys, they've always raved about Eric Bieniemy's leadership ability, communication skills, which I think are so important to, to take information and break it down in a way the guys can digest that info and then go out there, process it, and perform. And, and he's got that skill set. It's, it's, it's really, at this point, hard to understand why, after so many opportunities with different teams to bring him in. And I say this, Bob, not, not from a, a perspective of thought, like, I've never been in that room when he gets an interview, but I've had an opportunity to sit in on the quarterback coaching summit that the league had where Eric Bieniemy was a presenter. And I've listened to him speak and, and present uh, to other coaches, trying to help them better themselves and put themselves in a position to, whether it's get promoted to offensive coordinator or climb to head coach. And he's always impressed me. So uh, I think Washington's in good hands with Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I I don't see them doing uh, anything in the way of playoffs this year. With their they're more in a rebuild mode. But right now, I, I think the focus over there, of course, is moving on from Dan Snyder. And we're getting well, what are we about forty eight hours mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. from potentially seeing that put to a vote, yeah. and then we'll go from there. So I'll follow up on that one before we get to that running back conversation. If that doesn't happen, if they don't make the playoffs with Josh Harris, with new ownership in there, would you expect and anticipate a changing of the guard on the sidelines in D.C.? I, I do. I think anytime you you have new people in charge, they want to bring in 
um, an entire an entirely new regime. And I, I know Jason Wright has done some good things over there, helping change that culture. But I, I wonder how much uh, it, it, that, that that's going to uh, really buy him with the new ownership. People want to bring in someone that they're comfortable with, who they hired. They want to turn the page and. Uh, I, I think short of a playoff season that makes it difficult on ownership to move forward, you will probably see a, an entire uh, new regime in Washington. And, and you've you got some good people in there who, who can do the job. Maybe they've been dealt a bad hand the, the way things have played out and they've had some instability at the quarterback position. But Ron Rivera uh, is a guy who's, who's been a winner, who knows how to win, and uh, I, I think it, it, he, he'll probably end up somewhere um, after Washington mm-hmm. if that's the case. Uh, Rob Motti chatting with us, talking some NFL football, and it starts with training camps next week. It will start without Saquon Barkley in New York. What do you make of this whole running back controversy and not getting uh, enough value and running backs across the league kind of bonding together in support of of one another and where this might end, Rob? Yeah, I'm I'm actually in the middle of a column on that today because from from my standpoint, like we saw this coming. None of this surprises me. I, I think we've been trending this way in the NFL for several years now, the the, the days of uh, the power running backs, the Larry Zonkas, and they're long gone. Even the days of like Emmitt Smith and Marcus Allen and Walter Payton, those days are gone too. You're looking at teams now who are finding ways to win in a quarterback-driven, pass-first, offensive, explosive-type league, and they're finding ways to win with running backs who are – mediocre, average guys. I I literally went down the list today, did a ton of research at every leading rusher on a Super Bowl championship team, Bob. In the last 15 years, only three Super Bowl champions have had a 1,000-yard rusher. Hmm. Three in the last 15. Before that, the 15 prior, there was 11. So you already see that shift to Mm -hmm. where teams are winning, Super Bowls with guys like Brady and the past one with Shane Vereen as a leading <laughs> rusher. <laughs> I mentioned already Damian Williams and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, uh, remarkably, the last team to have a thousand yard rusher uh, and win the Super Bowl was Brady and those Patriots when they brought in LeGarrette Blunt back in the 2016 season and, and he had like 766 yards. He was uh, a free agent signing, uh, second stint with the with the Patriots. Uh, uh, he he had that that was with the Eagles. He had seven sixty six. He had eleven sixty one with the Patriots that year. So uh, teams are winning. And Brandon Jackson was once a leading Ahmad Bradshaw. Like these are the type of guys that have won Super Bowls. So you, you can't you can't fault teams for taking this hard line stance when. The NFL has changed the rules to enhance scoring. You can't, if you're a defender, you can't hit too low. You can't hit too high. You can't grab. You can't tug. You have to be careful with everything you do. Wide receivers have the freedom to roam the field without being fearful like they used to of getting annihilated. Quarterbacks are protected. It's just a, a pass-heavy, pass-friendly NFL and the teams who have the Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, guys like Josh Jacobs, and 
They, they all serve a purpose. They're tremendous players. They, they are versatile. They got multiple responsibilities. They catch the ball. They pass protect. They run the ball, yet they're not reaping the benefits financially because the bottom line is NFL teams are winning Super Bowls mm-hmm. without guys like that on their roster. Yeah, that uh, does not bode well for the guys like Barkley and, and the argument that they're trying to put forth um, right now. Hey, finish up with you, uh, Rob. Rob Motti joining us talking some NFL football. Um, is there another storyline that's kind of piqued your interest going into training camp? I know that's kind of an open-ended ended question, but an, another you know storyline that, kind of, like I said, kind of piques your interest right now. Oh, absolutely, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, thought so. Yep. <laughs> right, Aaron Rodgers in New York with with, with the pressure that he's going to face to go in there and win and win quickly in that market with that team, the way they finished, the way they started last year, and our high expectations, the talent that they have, uh, that's going to be exciting. Like that, that's going to be fun. And and of course, now the added uh, pressure of hard knocks and the cameras mm-hmm. following them around and all that stuff. Uh, I think it's going to be really all eyes are on Jets camp for sure uh, as, as we head into training camp. No doubt about that. Hey, one real quick because you know I'm a Philly guy and, and you covered sports in Philadelphia and we cover Washington now here as well. Is Carson Wentz going to sign with anybody, Rob? Uh, I would think so. Uh, you're talking about a quarterback who two years ago had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions for the Indianapolis Colts and didn't stay there, not because the coach didn't want him, because the coach did, uh, but because he just didn't mesh or fit in with what ownership looked for uh, at a quarterback position. And then you see a guy like Daniel Jones get paid $40 million for a whole lot less than Carson Wentz can give you. I know how last season went in Washington. Uh, I know it wasn't what what uh, anyone expected. There was a lot there were some injuries that held him back and all that stuff. I still think he's talented enough to be uh, a viable starting quarterback, but at this point he's got to go the backup route and, mm-hmm. and wait for an injury, wait for some opportunity, but I still think he's too talented not to be on a football team. He's one of the, what, what do we got, uh, three guys on each team, and he's 96 quarterback, he's got to be one of the top 96 in the NFL, that's for sure. Yeah, when you put it that way, the math would certainly work. We'll keep an eye on that, <laughs> and Rodgers, and Mahomes, and the Chiefs, and, and all of that. Excited to get this thing going. <laughs> Rob, we look forward to talking with you more as we get into the season. Thanks for the time this afternoon. You got it. Anytime. Take care. Rob Motti, uh, AP NFL writer, their lead NFL writer, and a couple of great podcasts, Faith on the Field, which we have aired here on 1061 ESPN, and the AP Pro Football Report that he does on a weekly basis. And as I said, his guest last week was Patrick Mahomes. So uh, pretty pretty cool uh, there. Uh, all right, 548, last break. We'll finish it up, get you to the top of the hour, and then on to Braves baseball a little bit later tonight right here on 1061 ESPN. Miss out on a feel-good Thursday with Bob Black or Jamie's thoughts on South Beach Rob's shirt. Never fear. You can find replays of all our shows and interviews on our website at ESPNRichmond.com or on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 1061 ESPN. For the record, there was one thing that Rob Motti said that I disagreed with, didn't have time to get into it with him. And I think he probably said it as a, an aside, a throwaway kind of line when he was describing Carson Wentz. And he said Wentz didn't have the year any of us expected in Washington last year. That's totally wrong. We can go back and re-rack the tape 
from way back when the commander signed him. And I'm pretty sure Matt said it, and I know I said it, being Philly guys and having watched him in Philadelphia, that's exactly the type of year that I thought he was going to have and what it was going to do to the commanders. And that's not Monday morning quarterbacking or second-guessing. I will guarantee you if we go back and find the tapes from those shows when they first signed him, that's exactly what I was saying, I think what, what Matt Josephs was as well. But as Philly people, I mean, I just think he's lost. Ever since he had the knee injury, the first knee injury in Philly, the year that he was on pace to be the MVP, he was great, and lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl uh, that they eventually won it with Nick Foles. He hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same mentally, emotionally, competitively, um, intellectually, any of that. Yeah, I, I think you can just see it. And I know he had good numbers in Indianapolis. I get that, but it still didn't end well, right? All he had to, they had to do was win one of those last two games, and they couldn't do it. And when you're a quarterback, you're a leader, and you're supposed to make it happen. And he didn't make it happen. I also don't think he's going to be a very good backup because I just don't think he has the mental makeup to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. So that was the one thing I would have disagreed with Rob on, and I just did, actually, for the record. All right, there we go. That's this afternoon's show. Thanks to John Hart, Richmond Athletic Director. Um, Two and a half really informative segments on the Spiders and college athletics as well. And then Rob Motti on the NFL in the 5 o'clock hour. Hey, tomorrow our good friend Scott Jackson is going to join us for what could be the last time at least live with us because Scott's got some really good big news and we'll talk with him about that, and we'll talk commanders and some other things with him as well. AJ, thanks. Let's do it all over again tomorrow. You got uh, Jamie King, the Sports King, followed by Big Al at 8 with Sports Fall. No Matt Josephs. He's on vacation. I'll be back with the next Sports Huddle uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock right here on 1061 ESPN. Summer is here, and the weather is